You hear the music, you know what time it is. It's episode six of the Set Your Damn Lineup podcast. I'm your host, as always, TJ Wingard. We'll jump right into things, starting with the weekly report and first off, the unsung heroes from week eight. The first name I'll throw out there is Tevin Coleman, and we've been kind of waiting for this big game production. He's battled some injuries, had a couple of down weeks, but then explodes for 37.8 points on Sunday, third highest of all players in fantasy football, and did so very efficiently. Only 11 carries from that contest, 105 yards, three touchdowns, then it picks up a pair of catches, 13 yards, and another score. And with Arizona on Thursday night, likely another big performance for Coleman. Next up, wide receiver Kenny Galladay, where he was the third highest scorer at that position this past Sunday. Six catches, 123 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. His big play potential gives him so much upside in fantasy football, but it also gives him a couple of bust performances. He's had two different weeks where he scored less than four points, but he paid off in the risk this past weekend. Last but not least for the unsung heroes, quarterback Daniel Jones will stay between this Giants and Lions contest. As we all expected, Jones, the highest scorer in fantasy football at the quarterback position, 28.2 points on 322 yards through the air, four passing touchdowns. And I talked about him last episode. He hasn't been great since that first four-touchdown performance against the Buccaneers, but really rekindled that magic against the Lions, though picked up his sixth fumble of the year in that contest. But that's a minor note. You're not worried about it if you're a fantasy owner. Moving on to the next portion of the weekly report, the waiver wire ads and a quarterback, I never thought I'd say this, Ryan Tannehill. Now before you click away, look, he's had a couple of really good performances back-to-back weeks now with 19 plus points, five touchdowns over that time span, and it's got a tough matchup with Carolina this Sunday, but then it's Kansas City, so if you're streaming options for this week as well as the week after, I think Tannehill's a nice solid play. For the running back position, I actually have a trio of names. I'll start with Jalen Samuels, and of course, this is one you have to monitor. If James Conner doesn't play, then Samuels, if he plays, he's also questionable for the week, is a great starting option in a top 10 play easily. The next option, Mark Walton. And why Mark Walton? Well, because he's the starting running back in Miami, and I feel like I've said this a few times this year, contradicting this point, but it's not often you can pick up a starting caliber player off the waiver wire. And he's been getting all the production, though he suffers from the Mixon kind of situation where his team is bad. Not a great offensive line in front of him. They're always trailing, so they're throwing the ball a lot. But he's a decent pass-catching option. Maybe he'll sneak a few catches there. But he's kind of stuck in the same boat that Joe Mixon is. But hey, he's a flex-level play. This last option is someone you're going to add. Wait till week 11. It's Darius Geis, owned in less than 30% of leagues. The talent's there. It's just, can he stay healthy? And I think once he comes back from IR, the potential's there for him to easily be a running back too. Maybe even an RB1. For wide receiver, I'm going mainstream here. Josh Reynolds of the Los Angeles Rams because that offense uses three receivers on 91% of their snaps. And in case you were wondering, yes, that is by far the most in the NFL. Obviously, keep an eye on Brandon Cook's health and his situation, but in concussion protocol now, if he doesn't play, Reynolds then becomes that wide receiver three and has high upside potential. And lastly, for the tight end position, Jonu Smith of the Tennessee Titans was Awesome filling in for Delaney Walker, 19.8 points, six catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. And if Walker's not playing again, Smith's a perfect fill-in ad for streaming option. And because of the scarcity of talent, you just kind of ride this train until Walker returns. And now it's time for this week's weekly segment. I want to talk about stock up, stock down, post the NFL trade deadline, which had a lot of hype going into it, and then really kind of simmered down into not much of anything. But with that said, there's still moves that were made and winners and losers of each of those transitions. We'll start with a winner being Austin Hooper. I tweeted about this. You can follow me on Twitter at TJ Wingert, spelled W-E-N-G-E-R-T. Look, 
72% of the Falcons' snaps coming from slot were Austin Hooper and Mohamed Sanu. Sanu's gone now. That's strictly Hooper's spot now. And he's already been arguably the best fantasy tight end all year long, and I think it only continues with him playing in that position. That and he didn't get traded, which there were rumors of initially. And, you know, he's playing in a high-octane offense with an MVP-caliber quarterback in Matt Ryan, which is inherently a great thing to have. So I still love Austin Hooper. We'll transition now to a stock-down player. And it kills me to say it, as somebody who owns him in three of his four leagues, David Johnson, stock-down. He'd already been ruled out for the Thursday night contest with the 49ers, but with the addition of Kenyon Drake... It's really worrisome that David Johnson might not be coming back anytime soon. And even when he does, Drake's a pretty talented player. Maybe not as talented as Johnson, but still good. How much does he cut into Johnson's, you know, snap share? Next stock up, Emmanuel Sanders. And the reason I say this, while he's playing for a run-first offense in San Francisco, the QB talent is inherently better with Jimmy G compared to Joe Flacco. He looked good on Sunday in his first game with the 49ers, and I think it only gets better from here out. And while this team is a run-first offense, that sets up a lot of interesting play-action opportunities down the field for Emmanuel Sanders. If you need a good follow on Twitter, I highly recommend Warren Sharp Football. He did a great job this past week in breaking down and showcasing some of the plays that the 49ers have run this year, and all the credit in the world to Kyle Shanahan for getting playmakers like George Kittle, uh, previous receivers, Kyle Juszczyk, even his running backs out into space to catch the ball. And now, Emmanuel Sanders is the next beneficiary of that offense. From there, now another stock down. I'm actually going to go Mohamed Sanu, and I think it's just because of the nature of the offense that he's leaving. The Falcons have been struggling on defense and inherently throwing in the second half to play catch-up which has benefited Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Austin Hooper, Mohamed Sanu while he was a Falcon, and now he's going to a team in New England that has become more run-first and leading a lot of games, and I worry about the volume that might not be there for Mohamed Sanu. One final stock up. I'm going to be lame and say the Rams' defense, not a position player, but think about this team. They just traded away Aqib Tlaib to make room to silent Jalen Ramsey, and if that extension goes through, this defense will have arguably the two most talented defensive players in football, and I would put Aaron Donald as the most talented player in football overall, but then you throw Ramsey in the mix, on the same team for the next four, maybe five years, that's not fair. I'm actually going to break my own rules here and give a mixed option. Josh Gordon. So the Pats add Mohamed Sanu, and they put Gordon on IR. Looks like an injury settlement going to be just weeks away from happening, which would then put Gordon on the open market which if you own Gordon is both exciting, but also a little terrifying in the sense that you don't know where he's going to go. The quarterback play he's going to be stuck with. Is he a number one wide receiver? If he goes to a team like, say, the Bills, that's pretty exciting. A good young quarterback. He'd be the most talented receiver. That bodes well. Or he could be the number one receiver in Washington and be stuck with desolate quarterback play and have no real fantasy value. So really only time will tell what the story of Josh Gordon will be once he hits the open market, but it'll be something interesting, to say the least, to keep our eyes on. With that said, that'll bring a close to this episode of the Set Your Damn Lineup podcast. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions about your lineup, tweet them at me on Twitter, at TJ Wingert, spelled W-E-N-G-E-R-T. Like the Facebook page, Set Your Damn Lineup. You can ask there as well. There's your call to action. Till next week, my name's TJ Wingert, and I am signing off.